by 8, 8.30, and you'll have plenty of time. Plus, you don't have church on Sunday at 1 o'clock. That means we get to sleep in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, um, Matthew 7, 7 is a scripture most of you know by heart, right? The Bible says, ask and you shall seek and you shall knock and the door shall be. I want to talk to you tonight about positioning yourself for a miracle. Now, I really believe with all my heart that God wants you and I to experience miracles. Three reasons, three quick reasons. Number one, because God is a God of miracles. He is still in the miracle working business. It's amazing today how many people don't believe in God. How many people today deny the existence of God, right? How many people today don't believe that God never existed, God never worked miracles? But God, he says in Malachi, I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrew says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. In the New Testament, in the Holy Land, in Israel, is the same Jesus that is working miracles today. It's amazing, though, to me, how many people try to deny the fact that God existed, right? That God doesn't work miracles. There's no such thing as God. I was in the Las Vegas airport, and I flew in to catch another flight. So I went into the, to the restaurant there, sat at the counter to get some soup and a cup of coffee or something. And a gentleman sat down, a young man sat down next to me with uh, blue hair and spiked, and he had like spiked, and he had, I don't know, these medals in his ears and his nose, tattoos everywhere. And I looked at him. Well, it turns out he was a businessman and a PK. And I'm looking at him. He said, I said, well, do you, don't you go to church anymore? He goes, no, I don't believe in God. He goes, I believe that we evolved from monkeys in evolution. And this guy just didn't say it. He actually started backing it up with facts and information and authors that he read, studies that he did. I mean, and this kid had it down. I mean, he was blowing me out of the water with all the knowledge he had. And I'm just looking at him. And we're going back and forth, and I'm telling him, no, I believe in creation, divine creation. God created man. He said, no, we evolved from monkeys. And we're going back and forth, back and forth. And, of course, you're never going to win the argument because if they don't have faith, without faith, the Bible says you can't please God. So I said, okay, okay. I tell you what, young man, i got to go catch my plane, and I'll leave you with this to think about. Let's say for the sake of argument. For the sake of argument, that you're right. I don't think you are. I believe I'm right. But let's just say for the sake of argument that you're right and that we evolved from monkeys. He said, okay. I said, the question I want to leave you with, amen, who made the monkeys? Huh? Come on, somebody. God is real. God is real. And God wants you and I to experience miracles because he is real. Secondly, because he loves you. Jesus loves you. Somebody say amen. amen. Huh? Bible says, for God so loved the world. 
Even when you stop loving him, he keeps on loving us. Even when we're unfaithful to him, even if we cheat on him. Huh? Now that doesn't work. I, I, the la I don't do too many weddings, but the last wedding I did, I did my niece, and I, met, I, I performed a, the, the ceremony for her, officiated her, her wedding thing, and six months later, I called her. And I said, how, how you doing? She goes, oh, Uncle, I, I hate that man. Like, what are you talking about? She goes, we broke up. We're going to divorce. I can't stand him. I go, but six months ago, you told me you loved him. I know, but I found out he was cheating on me. And so some of you have been there. You have a broken heart. Some of you, you had a boyfriend or girlfriend be unfaithful or even a spouse unfaithful to you, and it hurts. Imagine how God feels. Yet, he keeps on loving us. And that's why he wants to experience miracles. And thirdly, there are times in your life when you're desperate for a miracle. I mean, you just have to have a miracle. You might be there tonight. We're saying, man, Brother Philip, I need a miracle tonight. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She was sick for 12 years. Went to doctors. Spent all the money she had going to physicians. Huh? And she got worse. Usually you go to the doctor, you get better. Hello? But she got worse. But then she heard that Jesus was in town. Jesus was passing by. Well, I got news for you tonight. Jesus is not passing by here tonight. What? No, he's not. Jesus is here. In those days, he only passed by. Why? Because he was conducting his earthly ministry. Now he said, I ascend to the Father, but I will send another who will lead you and guide you and teach you everything that I remind of everything I touch you. And that is the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus and his ministry is still active today. Somebody say amen. This woman, she was considered unclean. She was ostracized by her church. She was considered unclean because of her affliction. And she even was willing to break the law. She was not supposed to be touching people. She was considered unclean. But she pressed her way through the crowd. Also, she was not supposed to touch a rabbi. Jesus was considered a rabbi. They would often call him rabbi. But she said, listen, if I could just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, I'll get healed. And she experienced the healing. See, the problem for many people today is they don't get themselves in the right position to receive a miracle. Now, I, I was raised Catholic. How many of you were raised Catholic? Ave Maria. <laughs> wow. Well, I was taught in Catholic school that there were these certain places you could go to get healed. Our Lady of Lourdes and Our Lady of Fatima. And there were these cities people would travel to, to these healing waters, right? So according to that, there were physical places you could go to get healed, right? During the earthly ministry of Jesus, you had to go find Jesus to experience his miracles. Now, today, you don't have to physically get yourself in a position to be healed. Jesus could heal you here. He could heal you at home. He could heal you at work. He could heal you while you're asleep. Many of you have actually experienced a healing while you're asleep. You didn't even know it because you woke up the next morning. Oh, my God, I feel good. Come on, somebody. What do I mean by positioning yourself for a miracle? Miracles happen when you and I begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Huh? 
you know, there's the old saying, I was in the right place at the right time. Well, physically, you don't need to get yourself in a specific spot. But spiritually and mentally, with your faith, you need to position yourself. So how? How do we do that? Ask me how. Come on, ask me how. Well, since you asked. Matthew 7, 7 is our answer. That's how you position yourself for a miracle. Number one, ask and you shall. Now, the purpose in bringing our needs to God. Why do we got to ask God for something when he already knows what we need? Isn't he an all-knowing God? Since I was in the home, this used to bother me. You need to ask the Lord what your your need is. Why? He already knows. Come on, somebody. You cannot inform an all-knowing God. In other words, you can't, you can't start out by praying, uh, God, guess what? That's what Facebook has done in our society today. Facebook and Twitter has removed guess what from our vocabulary. Because now you tell somebody, hey, guess what? My sister's getting married. Oh, I know it's on Facebook. Huh? Come on, somebody. Right? And you just can't, right? And so... What is the purpose in informing an all-knowing God? Why do we need to bring our needs? Why do we need to ask God when he already knows what we need? Well, the main purpose is for you and I to recognize that we have needs. For tonight, I need God. You need God. Revelations 3.17. The lay of the same church have been so blessed, they got to a point where they said, you know what? We have need of nothing. Well, no matter how blessed we are, no matter how much this church grows. And th- and by the way, this is one of the oldest churches in all Victory Outreach. This is not a baby church. This is not a pioneer church. huh? Maybe we had to go back to square one over here, and that's okay. Sometimes that happens. But I'll tell you what, Victory Outreach Hayward, or Heart of the Bay, has been around for a long time. Somebody say amen. amen. And the Laodicean church, they got to a point where they felt they outgrew their need of God. God desires for you and I to acknowledge and confess our needs. Huh? Because in doing so, we acknowledge that we need him. Huh? That we can't meet our own needs. In other words, by asking God, we're, we're confessing our total dependence upon him. See, God don't need you. God don't need Philip. God don't need Esteban. We need God. You need God. I need God. The cherish needs God. Somebody say amen. The question is how to ask. Matthew 21, 22. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe and you will receive. In other words, if you're going to pray for rain, take an umbrella to work tomorrow. Come on, somebody. John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Somebody say amen. Amen. You got to ask. So in other words, in getting our miracle, right, God does the miracle, but he expects us to exercise trust and faith. Come on, somebody. God does the work, but God still wants you and I to ask. James chapter 4, verse 2, you have not because... I had like three pastors ask me, hey, man, how come come you're going to uh, the Hayward Church for four days? I said, what do you mean? Well, yeah, how'd they get you to come for four days? I go, well, they asked me. (laughs) Come on, somebody. 
Hey, man, how'd you get on the worship team? I asked. Hey, man, how come, how come you're an usher? I asked if I could help out. Come on, somebody. If you want to get involved over here, all you got to do is ask. God told Solomon, ask whatever you want from me and I'll give it to you. Shoot, he made him an offer he couldn't refuse. See, the problem is, is that we don't know how to ask. Or we're too proud to ask. John 16, 24, until now, Jesus said, you've asked nothing in my name. I went to Nigeria some years ago, and I got a chance to go, and uh, I'm not sure if I put it on, I don't think I was on Facebook then, but somehow this guy, Andy, he's a friend of mine, he's from Scotland, but he goes to the London church, found out I was going to Nigeria, and asked me how he found out. I have no idea. <laughs> Nosy, gossipy people, I don't know. So anyway, he emails me and says, I, I want to go, go with you to Lagos, Nigeria. I said, all right, go. Let's go. Oh, I know how I did it. I, I, I had Pastor, I'm not sure if it was Mitchell or Brian then, put a team together to send a team over to hit the streets. That's, that's how. Okay. So Andy wants to go watch it. He wants to go. I said, okay, go. He said, but I ain't got no money. So why are you asking me? <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. Right? I was raising my money to go. I was going to pay for my flight to go. 1800 bucks. Shut up. He says, well, it's about 1000 to go from London to Lagos, Nigeria. But Brother Philly wrote back, emailed me back, I have no money. So I prayed. I emailed him back and I said, Andy, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to church Sunday and stick your hand out just like that. I said, you're going to look silly, but somebody's going to come up to you and do that and ask you why you're doing that. And you tell them, because you're asking God for a round-trip airfare from London to Lagos, Nigeria. I say, within 30 minutes to an hour, you'll have an airline ticket. That was faith, huh? And I hit send. I felt like hitting delete, amen? The devil said, hit delete. Right? But I hit send. He went to church that Sunday and did exactly as I told him. I walked in, and within 15 minutes, somebody walked up, Andy, what are you doing walking around like that? He said, because I'm believing God for an airline ticket from Lagos and I, from London to Lagos, Nigeria. He emailed me back, Brother Philip, it didn't take 30 minutes, it didn't take 20 minutes. And within 15 minutes, I had a round-trip ticket. Wait, it gets better. You know, God's a good God. God says, I'll give you more than what you asked for. More than you can imagine. He goes to Lagos, Nigeria. Right? Now, you're not black. I know you think you're black, but you ain't black. You want to see real black people, you go to Lagos, Nigeria. <laughs> Pastor Jerome from Atlanta, he said, yeah, they're blue black, Brother Philip. But they are the friendliest people. And number two, they're also pro-American. They love Americans. Right? And so Andy is a little guy whiter than white. He's from Scotland with shocking blonde hair, right? Little guy, whiter than white, but they fell in love with him. He went into the streets passing out flyers. All those Nigerians were taking him in, right? And guess what? You're supposed to say what? He met a girl. He got a wife from Lagos, Nigeria. Came home and married her, started a family. Somebody say amen. You have not 
because you ask not. Somebody say amen. If you need a miracle tonight, ask for one. Come on, somebody. Start asking for a new church. Start asking for a job. Start asking for a wife. Ask for a husband. Amen. Ask. You just ask. God, I have a need. I'm asking. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Number two. Seek and ye shall. Psalms 34, verse 10. Those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Now, what does it mean to seek the Lord? Most of you are going to say, it means to pray. And you're partially correct. But you know, we can't pray all day long. Uh, you work bus stops, you said. Okay. So when you go to the bus stop, what are your hours? Okay. And so you're, you're there. You can't pray those hours. You got to be. You got to be working. They're not going to pay you if you're over in the corner praying. Right? When you go to work, you're paid to what? All right? So how can we pray at work? Because the Bible says pray without ceasing. Well, it doesn't mean 24 hours a day. Right? Obviously, we got to sleep. We got to eat. You're not praying right now. You're listening. At least I hope you are. Some of you are drinking. To seek the Lord involves prayer, yes. Uh-huh. But it means that you put God first within your life. Somebody say amen. Uh-huh. Matthew 6.33. What does the Bible say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. When you put God first within your life, you experience the miraculous. When you put God number one, not the Niners, not the Raiders, not the Warriors. Huh? No, no. When you put God number one in your life, you are stepping into miracle territory. You are walking on miracle land. You're going to start to experience the miracle working power of God. I, I, I don't listen to too many TV preachers, but I listen to Joel Osteen. And he told this story, so I'm going to rip him off. I don't know why all you guys are laughing because preachers, we rip each other off constantly. Amen. I heard this story about a guy died, went to heaven. And Peter welcomes him in. And they're walking down the road, the golden highway. And there's all these rooms. And he sees Charles Spurgeon's room. Charles Spurgeon was a great English preacher. He said, wow, that's Charles Spurgeon's room? Yeah. He said, can I peek inside? Peter said, yeah, go ahead. He opened the door, and the room was totally empty. Huge room, empty. Closed the door, walked on. They came across Paul the Apostle's room. Wow. Can I look in there? Yeah, go ahead. Again, totally empty. He saw Billy Graham's room. The great Billy Graham, who died last year, I think, right? Went over there, opened the door. All gone. Come on, somebody. He saw Stephen Yeda's room. I'm going to add that one. Amen. Went over there. Totally empty. Nothing there. He says, well, where's my room? He says, there's over here. He went over there. He opened the door. There were cars, motorcycles, television, gold, silver, diamonds, rings, all kinds of stuff. Just all kinds of material things piled high all over the room and just completely filled. He goes, I don't understand this. 
Why does my room have all these things and all these great men of God? Their rooms are empty. And Peter said, oh, because they got their blessing. They asked God. They put God first in their life. And God poured out his blessings. These were all the things that God wanted to bless you with, that God wanted to give you. But you failed to put him first. Somebody say amen. amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. In other words... God has a reward program. Huh? Like Vons, like Ralph's. Come on, somebody. Like Starbucks. I don't know. I don't know who all has a reward. I know I fly United a lot. And for short hops, I use Southwest. And they have a reward program. Huh? And so I, I have over a million miles on United. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. That's four trips to the moon. But there are rewards to that faithfulness. There are rewards to that loyalty. My wife and I flew to Hawaii first class for $5. Amen. Come on, somebody. I went to, I went to uh, Manila. The last time I went, I used my miles to go over there and preach. Come on, somebody. Why? Because I, I use that airline and they reward me. When you put God first, when you're loyal to God, when you're loyal to him, he blesses you. Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Put God first and watch the miracles come. Put God first within your life and you're stepping in to miracle territory. Number three, ask and you shall seek and you shall. And the third way to position yourself for a miracle is knock. Knock, and the door will be. What does it mean to knock? Huh? God, it means that God gives us access to all those things that seem currently inaccessible and unattainable. Huh? Now, the question again is, how do we knock? Notice the scripture doesn't say pound on the door. Like your kids pound on your bedroom door. Mom! Huh? My, 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 my son, when he was small, would pound on the door. Dad! Okay, 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 I hear you. I got to pound on the door. Right? My daughter, Juliet, is how she knocks. She'd always do that to me. Is there a mouse around here or something? And she'd keep that up for like 15 minutes until I came to the door. Then I get up, I go to the door, like, you're scaring the daylights out of me. What do you want? Huh? Come on, somebody. Knocking didn't say pound, tap, or turn the lock. How many of your kids just walk in the room, huh? My grandson's now back living with me. He just walks in whenever he wants. I go, Mijo, this is the master bedroom. Isn't that what they call it? That means it's his room. He's the master of the house. I know you don't like these rules, but I don't make them. Amen. It's called the master bedroom. Ladies are like, Ehh. well, that's what it's called. And so I tell my grandson, this is the master bedroom. You want to come in here, you ask the master. <laughs> come on, somebody. That means you knock. And knocking, watch this, is a repeated and sometimes insistent act. Your kids are small. So they got to go to school. What do you do, Chella? Come on. Let's go. Get up. And that's it. You walk away? No. 
You have to keep knocking till you hear them get up. Come on, I don't hear you. Let's go. Levantate. Time for school. Come on, get up, get up, get up. Rise and shine. Used to knock on the connection door. Come on, Holmes. Come on, Holmes. I got cash. Come on, I know you're there. Come on, answer the door. Hello, somebody. Well, that's what I'm telling you. If you want to believe God for a miracle, start knocking on that door and don't stop knocking until that door opens. Come on, somebody say amen. Nobody knocks on the door like this and walks away. No, you keep knocking on that door till your husband gets up, your kids get up, or till they open the door. Come on, somebody. Because you know they're there. We know God is there. We know God exists. Keep knocking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has a miracle for your life. As I shared at the beginning, I didn't know God healed people. I, I was taught that I can remember that miracles happen to special people at special times for special reasons. I, didn't, I wasn't taught in Catholic school, and maybe I wasn't listening, I don't know, that miracles could happen to anybody. And I never heard the priest or the father or the nuns Talk about miracles. It wasn't until I got saved. And I was in the county jail. And my mom, who was one of the first members in all Victory Outreach, she met Pastor Sonny when he was 27 years old. Wow, that's what I said. And she went there uh, because she had three drug addict sons. My two, my two older brothers and myself. I was the youngest. And also two son-in-laws who were heroin addicts. Of the five of us, I'm the only one still alive today. And that's because of the miracle working power of God. And so my mom came in one night. I, I, I'll close with this. I, I came in one night. I was high, just like what Jella was talking about. I can relate to that. I took everything that night. I shot dope. I took reds. I did all kinds of stuff. Whatever I got my hands, I think I was trying to kill myself. I don't know. And so I came home one night, and I fell on the bed, and my mom came in the room, and she said, you're not ready right now. She said, you're not ready. I see that. But one day you will be, because I'm praying, and God's going to answer my prayer. And here's what she told me. She says, you don't have to be in church to find God. Wherever you're at, you call upon him, and he'll hear your prayer. Where I was in the old county jail, where's the old county jail? Just a few blocks away from the convention center. When you guys go down for the World Conference, it's right there. It's a tall building right off the 101 freeway. It's where Charles Manson was. Sir Han, Sir Han was there. In fact, I was in the county jail when Manson was there. I saw him. And it was a long time ago, I know. And um, I remember being sick of hepatitis. I, I didn't know it was hepatitis. All I knew was my skin, my fingernails were all yellow, my teeth, my eyes. And the, the guy in my cell, his name was Raul. I wasn't eating nothing. They came in with the meals. And I, I couldn't eat. I had a pain in my side. And then that night, I gave my life to the Lord. I cried out to God. I remember what my mom told me. Right? You've heard my testimony before, some of you. Well, the next morning, I, I didn't ask God for healing, but I woke up. Sometimes God will bless you even if you don't ask for it. That's the goodness of God. That is the grace of God. Hallelujah. And so I got up the next morning. 
and I'm looking at my skin, but I didn't take notice of it. You know, I just got up and cleaned up. And they brought breakfast in the county jail. Huh? Red Death, Monster Balls. I don't know what it was, you know. And they brought it in, and I started scarfing down. And my cellmate says, Philip, man, you got your appetite back. I go, yeah, huh? I just kept eating. I, I didn't even know. My mom came to see me. I said, Mommy, I was yellow. My skin was yellow. I lost my appetite. I had a pain, but it's all gone. She goes, oh, my God. What you young people say, OMG. Oh, my God. That's the actual translation. She goes, you got healed. I go, what? I didn't know God healed people. But over these past 40-some-odd years, I've witnessed some of the most awesome miracles. I still stay amazed at the healing power of God. I've met people say, Brother Phil, just like Yolanda was sharing, I didn't know she got healed. Uh, she got healed in one of my revivals from arthritis. I meet people come up to me and say, Brother Phil, I got healed of cancer, arthritis, and diabetes. He's the healing power of God. The song says, I am the God that healeth thee. I sent my word to heal your disease. The Bible says, Is there any sick among you? Let them be called for the laid hands upon. And here's what the Bible says. And the prayer of faith. Not the pastor, not the evangelist, not the teacher, not the prophet, not the church. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. When we were in Jerusalem, they take you to this place. And they actually believe this is the actual place. Some of the places aren't just replicas. But this place, they took us. It was down like in a basement. And there was like a, like a pole like this. Like a stump of rock. You couldn't move it. They said that's where they believed Jesus was tied. Tied to that stump. On his knees. And they would just whip him. Beat him. The Bible says, by his stripes. And we saw that. We all started weeping and crying. Because that's, that's, that's where we received our healing. Salvation came through the cross. Yes, Jesus died for our sins, but he also suffered huh, for our healing tonight. And tonight, if you're sick in body, God wants to touch you. We want to believe God for your healing. There's somebody here that uh, just, I, I feel you have a stomach, I don't know if it's an ulcer or something wrong with your digestive system. Somebody here suffering from migraine headaches. In fact, you just had one today. You weren't even going to come to church. There's somebody here also suffering from your throat, something wrong with your throat. God wants to touch you tonight. I want you to stand as we sing this chorus. I'm not going to open the altar just yet, but I want you to, let's, I want us to just worship the Lord first a little bit. Nobody moving, nobody leaving. Let's all stay right here.